The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome to the Financial Physician radio program. Lou Scatigna here, and on the Financial Physician, we talk money, markets, politics, economics, things that affect your life in great ways. And uh, we've been doing a show, jeez, uh, I guess it was... First, it was on the Variety Channel. I think we started last May, and then we switched to the Business Channel uh, in September. And uh, this is our very last live show uh, here on Voice America. Uh, it's been a great run, but we're going back to local radio, as I've told you uh, the last couple of weeks on the program. Uh, back on WOBM AM eleven sixty, have been back there for a month now uh, on Friday mornings, ten a.m. Uh, to eleven uh, Eastern Time. And uh, always archived at thefinancialphysician.com. And you could listen to it live. Uh, hopefully you'll follow me uh, to uh, WOBM. Right, where I was there for 12 years. I had the top-rated radio program uh, in its time slot for 12 straight years on WOBM. So follow us. You know, you Google us. Go to the website, thefinancialphysician.com. And uh, we'll always have a link uh, to the archive show uh, if you can't catch it. Uh, live. You want to be part of our show today, 866-472-5790 is the call-in number. Let's start the program off talking about uh, something that I think is monumental news. And I think it's being downplayed, of course, by the mainstream media, Um, but it's big stuff. And it has to do with a report that just came out, and, and it showed that there was a dramatic plunge in foreign purchases of U.S. securities in December. There's a delay in this, 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 this data. Uh, and the bigger seller was China. China Treasury holdings, holdings of our Treasury bonds, plunged by the most in two years after China offloaded some $48 billion in U.S. bonds. Now, it still has... trillion in U.S. bonds, Um, but they're sellers now. Now, we've needed them to be our buyers. They've been buyers of our our debt over the years. They've been recycling their their trade surplus with us. All our manufacturing is uh, in China, 
So all that money, all our money flows there so they can make our products. They ship the products back to us. Now they got our money. And what they've been doing is recycling that money back into the United States by buying U.S. Treasury debt. And that kept our economy going, kept interest rates low, which kept their economy going. But uh, it's very interesting to see how much uh, they've cut back to zero purchases, and now their net sell is a $48 billion. And this is at a time when uh, when their uh, cash receipts and, and, their, and their reserves have grown. As a matter of fact, Chinese foreign exchange reserves soared to all-time highs. And, and when China has these, these gobs of cash around uh, and they're not investing in U.S. bonds, it should be quite troubling for all of us. What are they doing with that money? We know they're buying gold. They're diversifying out of U.S. paper. They're diversifying out of the U.S. dollar into gold and other currencies. And when our largest uh, creditor um, signals uh, this to the world, uh, there's going to be a loss of confidence in the United States and a loss of confidence in the United States dollar. Now, not only did China dump bonds, Japan, their holdings dropped by $4 billion in December. You know, not quite the same uh, $48 billion that China dumped, but still a net negative. They were a net seller. But you would think that um, foreign holdings of U.S. Treasury bonds would actually have declined with that happening. But no, it didn't. It increased. It actually increased by uh, roughly, oh, I don't know, $75 billion. Well, how can it increase? Who's buying those bonds? What country do you think has bought these bonds that they've been selling? What country do you think? You would never guess, actually. It's Belgium. Belgium's purchases of U.S. bonds soared to $60 billion in December. It was $20 billion in November and, and, and basically $5 billion in October. Why do you see this ramp up out of Belgium? Well, it's Europe. Europe is picking up the slack uh, for the sellers in, in, in China and Japan. And Belgium, which is basically the capital of Europe, um, is where it's coming from. And, and what favors are we exchanging back and forth to have them step up and keep it uh, looking like all is well? Very ominous development uh, when you see your biggest creditor, who has been buying bonds over the years and helping to fund your deficit, and now net sellers. And I told you this for months. I told you this was happening, and we know for sure uh, that China has been diversifying out of the U.S. dollar, and for good reason. They see what we're doing here. They see that we're running massive deficits. They see we're printing money like crazy. They see that we're monetizing the debt. Well, here's another article that states just that, another report. Just came out that um, we could see the full uh, history of, uh, of the foreign treasury purchases in 2013. And uh, more importantly, we see that 
Ben Bernanke and the Federal Reserve purchased $552 billion in treasuries, or about 150% more than all foreign foreigners combined. 150% more. And that's called monetizing the debt. And that's what countries do when they are desperate. So again, not only is the Fed monetizing the debt, the European Central Bank is doing the same thing through Belgium, through Belgium's holdings. And that's where the risk lies to all of our futures, our financial futures and our social futures, and the future of the country itself in in many ways, is this massive debt problem that we have. And that nobody in Washington wants to address. We're close to, what, $17.5 trillion in debt. Oh, by the way, there's a, um, there's a bill in Congress to uh, H.R. 3293, the Debt Limit Reform Act. Sounds great, right? After all, reforming debt uh, seems like a great idea, right? Uh, but that's not what this bill really does. Um, the whole purpose of this is to authorize the government to sip, simply stop counting a massive portion of our debt. $5 trillion are worth of it. And these are intergovernment agency debt, meaning that the government borrows from other agencies. Uh, case in point, Medicare and Social Security. Their massive trust funds are held in U.S. Treasuries. So that's part of our debt. But according to this bill, they want to start stop counting this debt. And, and poof, overnight, they'll, they'll make $5 trillion disappear in our debt. It's a joke. But this is what government does. Just, just don't count it. If you don't count it, there is none. There is no debt. And that's why it's so important for people to realize that inflation's coming. Oh, we may have a deflation first, which I think is probably more likely. A deflation, the Fed panics, and the Fed not only stops their tapering, but they go from $65 billion a month in bond purchases to $100 billion or $150 billion or an unlimited amount. Jim Sinclair, who I follow, you should all follow him, jsmindset.com, very, very intelligent guy, met him in person, uh, been around for a long time, uh, very bullish on gold. And um, you know he's telling everybody to get out of the system. That And he coined the term QE to infinity, that there is no way that the Fed will ever stop printing money and buying bonds, that they just can't. Interest rates would skyrocket, the economy would plunge, and it's the only thing that's really been keeping the, the economy together, keeping the market together, blowing up bubbles around the world. And even the Fed just talking about tapering and, and, and bringing it back from $85 billion to $65 billion is causing an unbelievable turmoil in emerging markets. Brazil, Turkey, uh, China. I mean, we can go around the, around the world, but you know they've really benefited by the Fed's crazy printing policies uh, that now talk of it being withdrawn. Even talk about it and been somewhat withdrawn um, is causing turmoil and instability worldwide. And the Fed knows this. They know this. That's why they know that they can't stop it. They could cut it back for a few months and 
uh, and then come back and say, well, you know, uh, the economy's turned down. Uh, we need to we need to start it up again and even increase it. As a matter of fact, today uh, the Fed came out uh, with their minutes from their last meeting, and this was probably the most important line in the entire minutes. Uh, it said several participants suggested that risk to financial stability should appear more explicitly in the list of factors that would guide decisions about the federal funds rate once the unemployment rate threshold is crossed. So they're saying once unemployment goes below 6.5%, they're going to consider raising rates. And now they're backing away from that because they know that the unemployment rate is dropping close to that at 6.7 right now. But it's not accurate because the only reason why it's been going down is because the participation rate has dropped, meaning that um, people have dropped out of the workforce because they're discouraged. They can't find any jobs and they're not counting anymore. So now the Fed, the, 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 the Fed seems to be backing away that they'll do anything at 6.5%. And they won't. And this Janet Yellen here is just like Ben Bernanke. She believes in printing money and doing what needs to be done. All right, we're going to take a short break. 866-472-5790 uh, is my phone number. You're listening to The Financial Physician. My name is Lou Skatigna. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Financial Physician. And America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5790. That's toll free. 1-866-472-5790. Once again, here's Lou. Okay, welcome back in the, to our final Voice America program, uh, The Financial Physician. Just moving the show back to where it all started. 14 years ago at WOBM AM 1160, the number one AM radio station on the Jersey Shore. And you can listen live by going to WOBMAM.com Friday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Or you could just go to TheFinancialPhysician.com and uh, uh, listen to the archived version of the show. It's the same show, basically the same show. Uh, Get a little bit more phone calls, 
because it's local radio uh, there. But um, but it's the same show, so you, you, you're not going to miss out on it. You just got to look for it, and it's not really hard to find. Just Google my name, uh, Skatigna, S-C-A-T-I-G-N-A, and you'll find everything that you need to continue to follow the Financial Physician radio program. And visit the website each and every day, thefinancialphysician.com. Go to my blog. Uh, the blog is a good place to, to get some information that you're not going to get on your, should I say, um, mainstream financial uh, medium. Uh, we're talking about uh, how disastrous the Fed has been and, 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 and printing money like mad. Uh, and now we're seeing uh, our bankers starting to sell our bonds. And this was a concern that we always had is that, that China, who holds one point, well, used to be $1.4 trillion of our treasury bonds, would start to unload. The first concern was that uh, they would stop coming to the table and buying our bonds, uh, which is a problem in of itself because – Who's the buyer of the last resort? The Federal Reserve with printed money. And we know that that's going to end badly. Uh, so they've stopped. And now, from recent data that just came out, uh, they sold off uh, the second largest amount of Treasury bonds they ever have in any one month. And it's my guess that they're going to continue to do so. Now, they can't do this in one fell swoop because the interest rates would skyrocket, the dollar would crash, and the only way they do that is if they were trying to punish us in some way and cause some economic warfare, which certainly would. Um, but they have the power to do it, and, and for years on my radio show, I said that um, a trade deficit with China and their growing position uh, in U.S. debt uh, was not only an economic issue, it was a national security issue. Because they have leverage on us now that, hey, you know, we'll dump your debt. We'll dump your bonds and put you into a depression overnight. And they would. Just think of what would happen if the bond market crashed and a 10-year treasury that's yielding 2.7% today went to 10, 12, or 15%. Just think what that would do to our debt service payments alone on $18 trillion in debt. Yeah, can you imagine us paying 10% interest on that debt? That would be $1.8 trillion a year in interest payments. Right now we're paying about 570 It would just, yeah, it would destroy the country. Rising interest rates would destroy the housing market. It would destroy, it, the, whole, the whole house of cards would come down. And they can do it with the press of a click of a mouse. But to see the numbers come out, you know, very, uh, very interesting. And it won't take much rise in interest rates to destroy the housing market. I mean, the housing market now looks like it's going down again. These are, um, I think these, all three of these things came out today. These are the headlines. Housing starts plunge most in three years. Permits tumble. Uh, numbers missed by most in seven months. Second headline, home builder confidence crashes by most on record. Third headline, mortgage applications plunge further near 19-year lows. Uh, let's, look, let's look at each one of these articles. Housing starts dropped a stunning 16% month over month. And that's from an upwardly revised December number. But from December to January... We've seen the biggest drop uh, 
in well over a year. Actually, it's the biggest month over month drop uh, in three years. And building permits also plunged by 5.4%. That's a better leading indicator. Now, a lot of people going out and saying, well, it's the weather, you know, it's been cold out, it's been snowy, so, you know, it's, uh, they're not going to start houses in that kind of weather. Well, one of the biggest drops in housing starts was in the West, where there was no weather. Uh, permits dropped 26% in the West. And actually, in most other areas, it's slightly improved. So you can't say it's the weather. So housing starts, not good. Mortgage applications. The past five weeks, we've seen mortgage applications crumble a further 16%, the biggest such drop in 14 months, as the index for home purchase applications hovers close to its lowest level in 19 years. Non-seasonally adjusted, this is the worst start to a year in over a decade. Yeah, it must be the weather, right? That's, that's, what, that's the, the thing that the media is saying now. All these numbers, ah, it's the weather. Retail sales, it's the weather. GDP, it's the weather. Home builder confidence crashes by most on record. Dan AHB sentiment index crashed by its most on record in February, missed, missed expectations by its most on record, and fell back below the crucial 50 level as it starts to play cyclical catch down to home sales and mortgage applications. And this is happening in every region. So you can't really blame the weather on that. So you could, what you could blame is the fact that mortgages have gone from 3.5% to over 4.5% now as bonds uh, have gone down in value and yields have gone up over the last eight months or so. I mean, yields were 1.5% on the 10-year on the treasury. Now they're 270 Again, once the Fed started talking about taper, uh, that's when the bond market started going down. And that's when interest rates started going up. I love this guy, Michael Snyder. Michael Snyder writes a, a blog that everybody should should visit. It's called the Economic Collapse Blog. And again, I know it's negative stuff, and I, you know, we're, it's doom porn and all that stuff. But you know, hey, look, it is what it is. You know, a lot of people say you're negative with all. You, I, I just report what it is. You get enough feel good news on mainstream media channels. So you don't need me to give it to you. This is just the balance. And uh, his blog. This guy loves statistics. And his statistics just illustrate what really is. Not what people are telling you. And the title to his latest article is 20 Signs That the Global Economic Crisis is Starting to Catch Fire. And he starts it off with, if you've been waiting for the global economic crisis to begin, just open up your eyes and look around. It's already started. And most Americans are ignorant of what's going on in the rest of the world. They don't think it, uh, it's relevant to their daily lives. But the massive economic problems that are currently sweeping across Europe, Asia, South America, are going to affect all of us here in the United States very soon. We're an integrated world right now. And, you know, after, after a brief period of relative calm, we are beginning to see signs of global financial instability that are unlike anything that we've witnessed since the financial crisis of 2008. The problems are not just isolated to a few countries. 
This is truly a global phenomenon. Over the past few years, the Federal Reserve and other global central banks have inflated an unprecedented financial bubble with their reckless money printing. He agrees with me that this was not smart. And much of this hot money poured into emerging markets all over the world. And now the Federal Reserve has begun tapering quantitative easing. Investors are taking this as a sign that the party is ending. Money is being pulled out of emerging markets all over the globe at a staggering pace. And this is creating a tremendous amount of financial instability. In addition, the economic problems have been steadily growing over the past few years in established economies throughout Europe and Asia and just continue to escalate. So here's his 20 signs. I'm not going to give you all that global economic crisis is really starting to take, take uh, catch fire here. Number one, the unemployment rate in Greece has hit a brand new high of 28%. I don't think it's too far off here if you really calculate it correctly. Youth unemployment rate in Greece has hit a brand new record high of 64.1%. Imagine that. That's incredible. The percentage of bad loans in Italy is at an all-time record high. Italian industrial output declined again in December, and the Italian government is on the verge of collapse. Doesn't it seem like the Italian government is always on the verge of collapse? Um, the number of job seekers in France has risen, has risen for 30 of the last 32 months, and at this point, it has climbed to a new all-time record high. People looking for a job. The total number of business failures in France in 2013 was even higher than in any year during the last financial crisis. The ec- economic and political turmoil in Turkey is spinning out of control. The government has resorted to blasting protesters with pepper spray and water cannons in a desperate attempt to restore order. And, of course, that's not the only place. If you turn on the news today, you'll see uh, Kiev, Ukraine, basically on fire uh, as we have the verge of a civil war there going on. It's being estimated that inflation rate in Argentina is now over 40%. And their peso is absolutely collapsing. And that's what happens when you have bad fiscal and economic policies, similar to what we have here. Gangs of armed bandits are roaming the streets in Venezuela. Uh, One of my favorite countries, Venezuela. Uh, Long story to that. Um, As the economic chaos in the troubled nation continues to escalate. And China is very serious about deleveraging. They had a big bubble in their country, real estate and what have you. Uh, And they're trying to pull that back now. Very, very bad for the world economy. Japan's Nikkei stock index has already fallen by 14% so far in 2014. And and that's a massive decline in a month and a half. 14% is huge. Uh, The unemployment rate in Australia, let's go down under, see how they're doing there, has risen to the highest level in more than 10 years. So you can't isolate yourself at the bottom of the world. The Central Bank of India is in a panic over the way the Federal Reserve tapering is affecting their financial system. Again, they're an emerging market. It's being felt in Thailand. And the behavior of the U.S. market, I brought this to your attention last uh, last week, continues to parallel the behavior of the U.S. stock market in 1929. 
And yes, things don't look good right now, but I tell you, it's only the beginning. And I think uh, none of the none of the problems of 2008 were ever fixed. And I think the next financial crisis, which is starting now, and 2014 will be the year. We're not going to come out of it as easy as we did 2008. There is no bullets left for the Federal Reserve to shoot. And the only thing they have left will be massive money printing. And what comes with that? All right, time for another break. You're listening to The Financial Physician right here on Voice America Business Channel. My name is Lou Scatigna. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna? Call him now. It's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or email the show. Here's the address, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. And I do enjoy your emails, uh, questions you have, personal finance questions. Uh, uh, you have comments on a program, things you'd like me to cover. Um, I, I do enjoy your emails, and I, I do my best to respond uh, to each and every one. Just be patient with me. I, I, I get I can't keep up with my emails. Between the spam emails, business emails, client emails, and listener emails, uh, it's it's just uh, overwhelming. Uh, especially this time of year when we're in the middle of preparing 400 income tax returns. <laughs> so just be patient with me. But I do love your emails, Lou at the Financial Physician dot uh, com. Uh, we're talking about you know. The Fed, we're talking about China, uh, the big news this week that China and Japan basically sold bonds in December. Not only did they not show up at the auction there, China sold $48 billion worth of their bonds. Uh, Japan sold $4 billion. Uh, and miraculously, um, Belgium bought $60 billion, uh, which Belgium is actually Europe. So Europe is making up the difference. Now, God knows where Belgium and Europe get that money. Is Federal Reserve printing it and give it to them and they're buying Who knows? 
there's so much we don't know what goes on there. But what we do know is that when you do things like that, when you print money in mass and you debase your currency and buy uh, most of the bonds that are issued in your country – central bank, that is, uh, it has an effect. It has an effect on a currency and it has an effect on hard assets. And we're seeing the U.S. dollar index now very, very close to breaking 80. And I think that's a very, very key level. If we break 80, uh, I think we're going to go down to 70, 75. Uh, that's a major move. I mean, just think, an, an index going from 80 to 70, you're talking about a 15, 16% move or devaluation uh, in the currency uh, of the United States. Now, again, the, the, the dollar index is based on the dollar versus other currencies, the euro, the yen. Right? Uh, so if, if those currencies are being debased too, uh, it's really, you know, who's the worst of the bunch? So I don't really look at the dollar index as that important. It is important because, it, hey, look, if you're, the dollar index is weakening, that means we're weaker than the other bad currencies. And, and, and that certainly is, is not a good thing. But I look at the value of gold in dollar terms, the value of silver in dollar terms. That tells me what's going on with the currency. And we know the Fed, the bullion banks, you know, the powers that be have done everything they can to suppress the price of gold and silver. And they've been quite successful at it, mainly using paper markets like the COMEX and so forth. They've been able to keep it in check, but it looks like they may, may be starting to lose the battle. So far this year, we've seen uh, gold uh, go up $130 an ounce in six weeks. Uh, we've seen silver go up uh, over $2 in a relatively short amount of time. Uh, silver's uh, was close to 22. It backed off a little later in the day here, but uh, silver almost hit 22 um, this morning. And amazingly, uh, silver has been up uh, 13 days in a row. And that's the longest winning streak we've seen since 1968. That's saying something. That's 56 years. Silver's had the longest winning streak, 13 straight days. Uh, it was broken today. Uh, and God, you know, can't go up every day. But uh, uh, it's both silver and gold also broke through their 200-day moving averages, which is very important technically. So keep an eye on gold and silver. That'll tell you what's going on with the dollar. And I'm telling you, this year is going to be a crazy year in all financial markets. Not to mention, you know, all the upheaval we're seeing around the world, the riots, you know, the um, the issues in Ukraine, in Argentina, in Turkey, in Venezuela, and the United States. And people are getting angry. I mean, the people around the world are, are becoming crazy people. And Mike Snyder, you know, came out with an article recently. He said that, have you noticed that people are becoming angrier in America? He says you can see it everywhere, in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our television shows, in our movies, and certainly in Washington. He said there's an epidemic of anger in America today. And it's undeniably true. 
a whole host of opinion polls and surveys uh, shows that America has become uh, a seething cauldron of anger and frustration, unlike anything we've ever seen before. As a nation, we're more divided than I think we've been ever been, if not in decades. And as we've been saying every week on this show, economic continue, uh, conditions continue to deteriorate, especially for uh, the middle class. Prices are going up, not according to uh, the consumer price index, but according to everything else. We'll talk about food in a little bit. And for the last five or six years, median household income has been going down every year. Americans are dissatisfied with their relationships, their jobs, their political leaders, of course. And there's a growing sense that our, our country is headed toward disaster. And there's very little agreement on what solutions um, to our problems are. So here's some of the statistics. Again, Michael Snyder. Uh, this was from the American Dream blog. Uh, he has statistics, as he always does, uh, of, of why Americans are angrier and more frustrated than ever. 65% of Americans are dissatisfied with the U.S. system of government and its effectiveness. Think about that. 65% are dissatisfied with the U.S. system of government and its effectiveness. This is the highest level of dissatisfaction Gallup has ever recorded. 66% of Americans are dissatisfied with the size and power of federal government. 70% of Americans do not have confidence that the government will make progress on the important problems and issues facing the country in 2014. I mean, these are huge numbers. These are vast majorities of Americans. Only 8% of Americans believe Congress is doing a good or excellent job. Who are those 8%? They're probably related to congressmen and senators. That's my guess. Only 4% of Americans believe it would change Congress for the worse if every member was voted out during the next election. Everyone replaced. Only 4% thinks that, that would be worse. 6% of Americans report feeling, quote, angry or irritable. Two years ago, that was 50%. So that's jumped 20% just in two years. 53% of Americans believe that the Obama administration is not competent in running the government. Really, that's all? An all-time low, 31% of Americans identify themselves as Democrats. That's good. An all-time low of 25% of Americans identify themselves as Republicans. That's good. An all-time 42% of Americans identify themselves as Independents. And more and more people are moving into the Independent category. And I think that's good as well. The president's daily job approval numbers have uh, dipped into the high 30s several times lately, which is dreadful and historically low. Only 38% of Americans approve of the way that Obama is handling the economy, which means that, what, 62% believe disapprove. 60% of Americans believe that the economic system in this country unfairly favors the wealthy. And it does. There's no question about that. 
70% of Americans do not feel engaged or inspired at their jobs. And this is really a big point. We're talking about anger and while America is becoming more angry and frustrated. This could be one of the number one things. If you spend 40 or 50 hours a week doing something that you don't feel engaged in or inspired in, you're not going to be a happy person. A day at work should never feel like work to you. It should feel like something that you enjoy doing. Something you love doing. Something that inspires you. And 70% of Americans do not feel engaged or inspired. Two-thirds of U.S. teens admit to having anger attacks involving the destruction of property, threats of violence, or engaging in violence. The youth of America. 36% of Americans admit that they have yelled at customer service agents during the past year. And I'm one of them. Told you what happened when I, my insurance company um, denied my MRI when I had two ruptured arms. And I pay $1,800 a month for health insurance. Uh, the representative that got my phone call uh, really didn't have a good start to their day. I'll tell you that. 65% of Americans are either somewhat dissatisfied or very dissatisfied with the direction of the country. Are you starting to get the picture here? People are fundamentally unhappy. And that has a tremendous implication for the future of our society. We'll see more violence. We'll see more crime. We'll see more lack of morals. And we'll see our culture continue to degrade. And, of course, the economic struggles that, that, that millions of us Americans are experiencing on a daily basis uh, plays a huge role. The following is an excerpt from a recent local Fox News report. Some are describing this as America's anger epidemic. And there are a few reasons. Uncertainty in the job market and the economy. Working long hours. On average, about one more month. One month more now than they did in the 1970s and with less vacation. So if it seems like Americans are angrier these days, it's because we are. And people are getting totally frustrated at the incompetence and, and the rampant corruption uh, that's found in Washington, D.C. And... When people feel that they don't have a good future, they feel that they're working in jobs that they don't like just to try to put food on a table. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about food inflation and what's going on, how people are struggling uh, not only to um, put food on their table, but now many people are getting the electric bills, the gas bills, the oil bills to heat their home. And this is shock and awe for many people. And I'll tell you about my experience on the other side of the break. 866-472-5790 is the phone number. My name is Lou Skatigna. We have one more segment left of the program. Don't go away. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the financial physician your source for straightforward no-nonsense financial advice call america's money doctor right now it's toll free 1-866-472-5790 you can also log on to our website at www.thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou Scatigna. All right, before the break, we were talking about, you know, how anger in America is rising. The main reason is because of economics and people feeling that their, their, their economic situation is not improving and is getting worse and that the future is relatively dismal. People working jobs they hate and working real hard to just barely get by. Uh, and this winter has not helped in a number of ways. Uh, first, heating bills. Uh, if you live anywhere in the, in the Midwest, the Northeast, even the Southeast, uh, you are seeing uh, incredible increases uh, in your electric bill. Uh, if you heat your house with electric, God forbid. Uh, uh, natural gas. We're seeing right now shortages of natural gas. We're seeing natural gas, which was very, very cheap a year or so ago, uh, up uh, quite a bit. Uh, and uh, heating oil. Uh, I just I heat my house with heating oil. And let me tell you something. Uh, I'm paying almost four dollars a gallon, and uh, I just got my tank filled and it wasn't even full it was what was it i don't even know how many gallons it was fourteen hundred and fifty dollars to fill my oil tank and it will be filled probably four to five times over the course of the season 
I mean, that's uh, do the math. And of course, we've had incredibly cold winter so far here in the Northeast, across the whole country, basically. And these people are looking at this bill and they're saying, I can't pay it. And people are having to make choices whether or not to, 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 to eat uh, or heat their house. And many people are keeping their homes like at, at, at 60 degrees and walking around with jackets on them just to try to you know, save money. It's really a problem. And another problem with the weather this year is food prices. I mentioned last week that uh, uh, the cattle herd is at a 60-year low, mainly due to drought and, and not having the ability to, uh, to graze their, their, their steer. Uh, the inability to get cheap uh, feed for their animals. Uh, that's causing meat prices to skyrocket. And the big drought in California uh, is affecting produce prices and will have a huge effect going forward. They've had the worst drought there than they've ever had. And California produces just a huge percentage of most produce and fruit uh, that we have in this country. So look forward to that. Prices going up, and you know the government tells us that you know a hey, uh, you know prices are only going up one two percent. We have no inflation. Well, I'm going to play you a segment from uh, last week from uh, uh, the CBS Evening News, and uh, they're talking with a, a woman. I guess she's a single mother, mother of two teenage boys, and how she wrestles with a grocery list every week to keep uh, her budget uh, from blowing up on her. And this is what is happening to the middle class. And this is why the middle class uh, is disappearing. It's a rough winter in the east and south and the current drought in the west. Extreme weather had been pushing food prices up over the past several years. Even so, the government's consumer price index is showing little or no inflation. Well, try telling that to shoppers in the supermarket checkout line. Here's Michelle Miller. I'd like the government to stop by my house, come food shopping with me, and see where the real costs are. Writer Jen Singer, mother of two teenage boys, wrestles with her grocery list every week to keep the household budget from getting away from her. We go through one of these every couple days. It's a big part of my take-home pay. An apple a day, can't afford it at these prices. Save 90 cents. It's not her imagination. While the government says prices are up 6.4% since 2011, chicken is up 18.4%, ground beef up 16.8%, and bacon has skyrocketed up 22.8%. Oh, my God. Making it a holiday when it's on sale. Bacon for three bucks. Things that are going up in price are the things that I absolutely need to buy. It's the meat, it's the milk, it's the eggs, and it's getting out of hand. $8.32 $8.32 for this. Convergex market strategist Nick Colas. Moms can really tell the government a lot about inflation. Food inflation is far greater than the government thinks it is. But the big problem for families, wages are not budging. If the, my income isn't going up, how am I going to keep up with inflation? Median income is up only 1% a year. For Singer, that makes it hard to save for college tuition, which has been rising 6 to 8% every year for five decades. The price of college is terrifying. And so we're looking at cheaper schools or scholarships, I hope. Um, you know, run faster in track. That would really help me out a lot. 
Many are concerned that while economists paint a benign picture, middle-class families are quietly struggling. The disconnect is severe because it's the economists that make policy, but it's the people that have to live with the outcome of that policy, and that disconnect is growing to the point where I think it has to break soon. Now I keep the heat down. We might as well wear a parka around here because it's the only way I can save money on heating. As the costs go higher and the budget battle continues. Now this is a great price. Every now and then. $6. A victory. Michelle Miller, CBS News, New York. And this is what we're seeing across the country. And it's a sad thing. It really is a sad thing to see the middle class disappear. And uh, it didn't have to be. That's, that's, that's the problem. It didn't have to be. This was self-inflicted wound that we put on ourselves. In last week's program, we spent a good portion of explaining and proving to you uh, that the middle class in America is dying. And if they're not moving up to the upper class, believe me. They're moving to the lower class. And this poor woman, every time I watch this video, I feel for her. You could see it in her eyes. Desperation. And fear for the future. And you know what? She has no idea what inflation is. This is nothing compared to what's coming down the pike. Again, self-inflicted. Americans have no idea what real inflation is. Have no idea what hyperinflation is. Have no idea what a currency collapse is. But they're going to learn. And they're going to learn the hard way. And that's a sad thing. And when you look at the state of, of the country today, all those statistics I just read to you about anger, why people are angry, and economic statistics, loss of confidence in government, that's an explosive situation, especially when you mix into it inflation. And I'm not talking about 10%, 16% over a couple of years inflation in chicken. I'm talking about 100% inflation year over year. Or how about 50% inflation in one month? That is a real tragedy. It's a real desperation situation for, for many families. And when people, you know, reach the end of the rope, you know, they snap. They take to the streets. They become violent. And we're seeing that all around the world. Economics, personal economics, really drives people when it comes to, to, to riots, to revolution. When you can't feed your children, you will do whatever it takes to feed them. And unfortunately, I, I, I wish, you know, I, I wasn't so negative and I, I didn't think this was happening. I really don't, but it is. All right, at the end of the hour here, it goes so fast on the financial position. We're moving back to WOBM AM 1160. I think next week we're probably just going to repeat this show because I'm going to be out of town. Uh, but uh, follow me at the website, thefinancialphysician.com. Love your emails, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. I want to thank Voice America for uh, giving me the opportunity to be uh, on their station for the last year or so. Uh, thank you very much. And again, please join me on WOBMAM.com, Fridays, 10 a.m to 11 Eastern Time. Have a great week. See you around.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 